Hi, and welcome to the Equilting Life podcast. I'm Chelsea Stratton from Chelsea Stratton Designs. And I'm Sherry McConnell from Equilting Life. And today's podcast episode is Monday, May 8th. We are happy to be here. It is May, you guys. It's May. May. I can't believe it. It's gonna be May. (laughs) (laughs) Billy's so mad at me right now. (laughs) I had to do it. It's all right. It's your reputation. Thank you. Is that a song that I don't know? Mother. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. In sync. Oh, come on, come okay. on, come on. And okay. I do have the original CD that mom bought me. So very okay. good stuff. Very good stuff. Well, happy May. So. <laughs> yeah, this is episode 82. And we just want to start out by mentioning our sponsor, Cozy Earth. And we are grateful to have them. We love that we can get a good night's sleep with Cozy Earth, because their products are made from ethically sourced viscose from bamboo, and their bedding is naturally breathable and temperature regulating. And we just want to let you know that this is also a product that has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things several different times, and we love all of the products that we have and all products do come with a 10-year warranty. And be sure to use the code AQUILTINGLIFE for 35% off of anything from their site. Okay. Yeah. So today, mom has the quilts. And it's so bright and cheery in here with these. I'm very excited. And yeah, this is just adorable. Oh, Love it so much. I know we popped up a picture of it last week. Yeah. But it is so pretty. And I still have it here. I'm going to be sending it back to uh, Nancy who yeah. made it very soon but I thought it deserved to be on the wall it deserved to be on the wall so it, her piecing is oh, just it's just gorgeous gorgeous I, I love this quilt so this is the my home sweet home pattern which came out with our favorite things collection and I made it my version is very Christmassy but Nancy used a combination of simply delightful mixed with Emma and also there's a little bit of Harper's Garden in there so you have to look to find a a few little it's on the house so yeah there's a few little pieces of that anyway Nancy was a student in my class when I taught this quilt at the Beach Cities Quilt Guild so she just started this in March at the class and anyway shocking to me that it's like done it's beautiful and so anyway she happened to be coming to las vegas so she brought it and anyway i have i will be sending it back soon but had to put it on the wall and then on the table is country home and this actually happens to be my five dollar pattern of the month for may so i wanted to put that on the table for you if you are not able to find panels although I think they're still available you do use a panel in half of the blocks but you don't have to you can make all of the houses from fat eighths so not dependent on the panel at all and and can be made with any any collection yeah so yeah I love that I love that it's not dependent on the panel right yeah the panel is super cute in yeah. it, but yeah, it, it's great. I know. In any. I miss like the be of good cheer. I love this yeah. so much. Maybe another panel. I know. Like, <laughs> One of these days. So that's what's so funny is we were talking right before this. We have a fabric line that we're coming up with and we're just like shooting back ideas before we started this podcast about it. So yeah, maybe more panels, mom. Yeah. And uh, actually I love the size of this because it is 
wasn't hard to trim it down. Yeah, it wasn't. So no. No, really, it was good. really good job on the design Can I portion. make one note about the quilt on the wall that Nancy yeah. made though? Yeah. So Nancy's version of this is the perfect example of mixing multiple fabric lines. Yeah. And how, so mom's was in favorite things, just how different it is by using different fabrics. And that even though mom designed it using Christmas inspired fabrics, it is like so perfect for spring. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So I love that she did that and was, this is the perfect example for people who want to see a different version. I love it. I love yeah. It. No, it was, it was always my intention to remake the quilt. Really? With fabrics like this. But then when she was making it, I was just like, oh, I can show yours. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Super cute. Okay. I also wanted to address really quickly, I've had a few questions and I even answered a couple of emails about the sewing cabinet that you can often see. It's when we put the camera on Billy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it's behind me, behind my yeah. left shoulder. Yeah. So uh, my Juki, which is my backup sewing machine, is in that cabinet. But just a little story about the cabinet. I, My mom got that cabinet with a singer sewing machine that she purchased in the very early 1970s so that cabinet is over 50 years old and when I was 10 she got a new sewing machine and I, I'm trying to remember exactly how this works she got a new cabinet and a new sewing machine and she gave me a sewing machine and it didn't really fit perfectly in that cabinet but it worked and so I kept that. That was my sewing machine for many, many years until I got my first uh, Janome, which was probably in 1996 or 97, something around there. But so I used that cabinet for a lot of different years. And then when I got my Janome, it wouldn't fit in there. But I kept that. I think I had it as a nightstand in your room, right? I think you did. For a while. Yeah. Uh, just a little house. table. Yeah. Yeah. And... Because it closes. Because so it closes yeah. all the way. It just looks like a little cabinet. So, yeah. So we've just carted that around with us to <laughs> all our moves. <laughs> it was in California with us. And it's been here. And, and anyway... About a year ago or so, I bought that Juki, and I didn't know where I was going to put it. And lo and behold, it fit like a charm, almost like the cabinet was made for the Juki. It's the perfect height. and That's because Juki is supreme. <laughs> so it's just been awesome to have a, the cabinet have a sewing machine in yeah. again after a, probably about 15 years of not having a sewing machine or yeah. longer. I'm like all sad to hear that the Juki is your backup machine because the Juki oh. is the machine I, that's the same machine that I use. Uh, right. But now I'm almost thinking, why don't I just come over and we can sew together this we, next we week on this and I can use the Juki because yeah. I'm so familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, that would be really good for it. And Mom, you and could yeah. Enlighten me a little bit on. Yeah. Because I'm not really good with threading the. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, or filling the bobbin. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so you should do that. Yeah, and you have a better ironing station than me yes. at home. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have a lot of sewing that we're going to be doing this month. Yeah, so, yeah, we should do that. Yeah, Plan we should do that. Day. Oh, my goodness, you make lunch. Put something, yep, <laughs> put something in the crock pot and just sew so we don't have to worry about food. <sighs> I love it. Okay. So it's about 50 years old, though, you said, right? It is. Yeah. It is. 
over 50 years old. Okay. Because some people asked if it was an antique, but yeah. it's definitely not that old. It possibly, she could have possibly gotten it in the late 1960s, but... It's in so such it, good condition. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have another follow-up to two episodes ago with our trivia episode. And last episode, I read an email about the drunkard's path. And that listener who wrote in was sure to to mention like she wasn't telling us okay this is where the drunkard's path came from she was very much you know this is a debated topic in quilt history so i think that's important to point out first because we had another person write in and i'll go ahead and read this email it's also a little bit on the drunkard's drunkard's path history and me being history major i i find this stuff fascinating so she says let me first say, I, uh, hi, Sherry, Chelsea, and Billy. Let me first say that I enjoy your podcast and especially love the relationship Sherry has built with her children. I think it's something for others to aspire to. She said, I generally watch on YouTube, but was getting caught up listening on my drive home from Quilt City, Paducah, right? <laughs> yes, you said it right. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. laughs, <laughs> and she said she laughed so hard at Billy's pronunciation. While there, I took... The quilt appraisers' classes. One thing they cautioned us about was to not get caught up in the romance. So when I heard the story about the drunkard's path block, I had to look it up myself. AccuQuilt has a pretty good history of it on their blog, and then she left a, a link on there for us as well. And so she says, and according to this link, the block dates back to the ancient Egyptians. She said Barbara Brackman dates it to 1039, so 1039 A.D., it was certainly not created for the, well, see, but that, that I wonder if maybe it's BC because she said ancient Egyptians. So I, I don't, I have to double oh, check yeah, we'd that. Have to look that up. But anyway, it is much older than the temperance movement. And that's what she says next. It was certainly not created for the temperance movement. The history I found shows that the connection to the temperance movement was only oral history, which is subject to the romantic history. So without the history of a particular quilt that has been passed down throughout through the years, we really have no way of knowing. These stories often change as they are passed from generation to generation, largely because we are humans and we forget. That makes sense to me. Uh, one person might say, I think, and the next person changes it to a fact. Absence of written documentation. Uh, with, with absence of written documentation, we have no way of knowing. And she finishes by saying it could have been used during the temperance movement to make a statement possibly but created for the movement no and that is from tina so thank you tina i, I enjoyed reading that email and, and thank you for sending us the link of it and you know i mean that's the, a lot of good things that she points out we've all played the game telephone in first grade or kindergarten right when <laughs> right. you start one thing and then when it gets back at the end it's it's much different and that's that's essentially history for many different things but um but yeah, that's it's it's good to have another perspective on it and to to see that. So I found that very interesting. Yeah, love that. I love that. Telephone. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's true though. But like she said there, I mean, it doesn't mean that the temperance movement could not have used it for yeah. a totally. statement as well. So maybe there was like a reemergence of of it or whatever. But yeah. it didn't originate from there. So Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. Okay, now I think is a good time. You guys agreed to announce the winners of our giveaway from yes. last time. It's our Bliss <laughs> Quilt Kit 
giveaway. And I actually pre-recorded that, that, that selection because it would just be easier to do not in the middle of it. And so I'll go ahead and jump to that right now. Okay, and now we will select our three winners for our Bliss Quilt Kit giveaway. And as you should be able to see on the screen here, I've pasted last episode's URL into our random comment picker. And we're gonna go ahead and do that right now. And this was the most commented video that we've ever had on the YouTube channel. So thank you for everyone that left a comment and entered today's giveaway. And we had 1,138 total comments and that's not even including the replies. So thank you for everyone that, that um, submitted a comment for this. So we'll go ahead and pick our three winners now. Our first one is Pam Reed, congratulations. She said, Bliss, my happiness is that even though I suffer from a MD, I still have vision enough, so there is nothing in the world that makes me happier and quilting, and I love to watch your podcasts. Thank you so much for all you do. So congratulations, Pam. We will message you in the comments and give you the information um, for what you need to do in order to receive your quilt kit. So we'll go ahead and pick another one now. And this is Candace K. She said, Bliss, I'm getting so much joy out of digging into my fabric stash this year. So congratulations, Candace. And same thing for you. We'll message you in the comments. And for our last winner, we have Wendy uh, Gerald Yeager. I hope I pronounced your last name right. If not, sorry, but hey, at least you're a winner. Bliss, my new long arm got my first quilt top done. 99 to go, literally. So congratulations, Wendy, and congratulations to all of our winners. And like I said before, we will be messaging you and congratulations on your new Bliss Quilt Kit. So now we'll go back to our episode. Okay, so we're back now with the winners. And so mom and Chelsea, if you didn't hear, our winners are Pam, Candice, not my sister and your daughter, <laughs> but another Candace and Wendy. So congratulations to all three of you again. And congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> and yes, we will. The giveaway is actually from Fat Quarter Shop. Yeah. So we really appreciate, appreciate them. them for, you know, doing this. And they will be sending out those kits. Yeah. Awesome. We will get in touch with you. And then hopefully if anyone, we got spammed again. Um, I think I tried to clean it up as quickly as possible. And then I pinned a comment to the top of last episode, letting you guys know that again, if we ever do giveaways, you know, it's, if it doesn't come from our handle at quilting life and we would never give you what, what, what they do send a phone number yeah, or yeah. something. Some people were getting messages Something's that they sketchy. needed to pay for shipping or mm. call this number. No, that would never happen. Yeah. So anytime never do that. we do a, a giveaway, you are not going to re be required to pay any, yeah. anything. So those were completely spam. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, they took, took our little logo again, but it wasn't from us. So hopefully we, we know that. So we announced it here and those are our, official winners. Also, 
uh, for my segment here, we just need to do a, that there's three episodes this month. The last episode of the month is going to be another listener question episode. So we have some questions in the bank back up, up again, but we could always use more and we are always looking for great listener questions. So um, with this being the first episode of the month, if you have a question that you would like us to answer on the podcast, if you put that in the comments, start the comment out with question, the word question and, you know, a colon and then put your question there. That helps me search them and find them a little bit easier. And then we can uh, build that bank up even more as we get ready for that episode at the end of the month. So thank you for everyone that has sent questions before. And again, if you have any others, then feel free to leave them in the comment section. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so Billy's going to actually introduce our topics for today. I thought these are really interesting. Okay, so we will start with topic two then as requested by mom. And so the first, that that topic is, I wrote it out as Quilting Finds the Internet. I, I love the name I of that, by it. the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Write a book. Yeah. The title is Quilting Finds the Internet. And, you know, sometimes when I'm thinking of topics, I'm trying to think of something a little unique, something we haven't obviously touched on before. And for whatever reason, this past week, I had, I was in t- reading a lot of technology stuff or listening to it. And I was thinking, you know, I'm t- think of, how technology has influenced quilting and part of technology is the internet. So I'll go ahead and read a few things that I I noted down here. So basically I said prior to the internet, if someone wanted to learn how to quilt, they would almost certainly have to learn from someone else in person. And is, would you say mom that that's a true statement prior to the internet? Probably. Yeah. I I mean, that's how it happened from, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, mother to daughter and little sewing circles that were going, you know, my great, great grandmother was in a quilting group. And that's how my grandmother remembers, you know, she remembers being underneath the quilting frame while these women were quilting. Yeah. So, you know, her grandmother's quilting group. So because I'm, I'm thinking the only other possible way someone could learn would be by reading. Mm-hmm. However, to me, it seems that quilting is so, there has to be some type of in-person demonstration to really learn how to do everything, I would assume, yeah. you know, rather than a book. Well, I don't know. Like, I learned how to bind a quilt from a really good book. It had great written instructions and great diagrams. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I possible, think books but, were probably integral mm-hmm. to helping people for but that. It would definitely, I think we could agree would be easier to learn from another quilter in person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and my grandmother even tells me that, you know, when the whole quilting revival kind of happened around 1976 with the bicentennial celebration and everything, she took a, my aunt invited my grandmother to take a quilting class, and that's how my grandmother got back into quilting after not having done it for decades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... It was a class, that, yeah. an in-person class. It's way more personal. And that's, sort of, that's what I mentioned was, you know, you had to either learn from a family member or from a class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now things have changed, obviously, because now with the access to the internet, anyone can start learning to quilt on their own because there's so many, you know, blogs and videos available on the internet that you can, that you can access. So I was just going to ask you guys to discuss how 
you know, and I know Chelsea, you started quilting after this already happened. Yeah. Mom began quilting prior to any quilting content, you know, developing on the internet. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted, I had, you know, some more specific questions for mom and then some specific questions for Chelsea, but why don't we go ahead and start with mom? And the first question is, so how much, even prior to like videos taking off on the internet, how much did reading those quilt blogs that you first started finding help you progress as a quilter, you know, 10, 15 years ago, whenever that was? Yeah. So that that's a really great question. So I, I started making quilts after Chelsea was born, but before our youngest child was born. So in between 91 and 95, I started quilting. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was making mostly smaller projects, baby quilts, quilts for your beds, wall hangings, stuff like that. And I was reading some books. I, I did start getting quilt magazines back then. And, but then around 2006, 2007, I started looking at the quilting blogs and started my own in 2008. But they were, I mean, it, it just took everything incrementally, you know, huge leaps because here you were learning from people in Germany or Australia or New yeah. York or all around the country and what fabrics they were interested in and what techniques they were doing and what quilts they were making and so it, it was just sort of like having this international schoolhouse for quilting. And I just fell in deep for that. <laughs> you know, I, I just loved quilting blogs and just started, you know, and after a year to two years, I just thought I got to do my own quilting blog. So did it help you like develop new ideas for your own quilts? Did you were there things that like new things that you learned that you hadn't previously ever tried from those? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I was inspired by so many different fabrics be, that I had never, you know, I had really kind of only looked at my grandmother's stash, which was very traditional and which I loved, but I started seeing brighter fabrics and brighter colors and yeah, so I was inspired by the fabrics and also by the designs and it also gave me a little bit of confidence to try some new techniques if somebody did a tutorial for something on mm -hmm. their blog. And also with blogs, it's you can you have access to the the author, you know, right. through comment yeah, sections right. of blogs. And I'm you know, that's something that prior to that with magazines or books that you couldn't do. You'd pick them up, you'd read them, but if you had like a follow up question or something, there was no way to you know, you could write a letter, but right. <laughs> you never know if that's going to get through. Whereas a blog, it was instantaneously like someone could respond to you within the hour. Right. Know? Yeah. And even if they didn't respond, at least they probably read their comments and saw that you loved their post or their fabric or, you know, that's how I got to know Camille and Joanna was by leaving comments on their blogs, mm -hmm. you know, so. Oh, Yeah. Okay, so then a question for you, Chelsea. So you started, what What? What year did you start quilting? It was until what? 2016, maybe? 16? Okay, so by then, YouTube is in full force. I mean, we had even done a couple of YouTube videos prior to you ever, you know, starting to quilt. So I yeah. know that you have used, obviously, you learned from 
you had hands-on help with yeah. mom, but you I also had the encyclopedia had... right here. <laughs> <laughs> but you also had YouTube available for things when you were just at home and didn't have time to go ask mom or even maybe some of mom's videos and whatnot. So how did YouTube help you grow as you started quilting? So I'm going to be honest, when I when I first sat down to make my first official quilt, I was so stubborn. I thought, I don't need any help. I'm going to read this pattern. And I struggled. <laughs> and I had called mom. And I did. I repeatedly went back to your original binding video. Do you remember that? It was at the <laughs> yeah. old house with the aqua walls. Yes, we still have that and, on the channel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would watch that like religiously and I would pause and I'd be like, what am I missing? I'd go back. So to me, I really was like, I'm a visual person and I needed to see that and just have someone talking me through it. And uh, that was a really long time ago, and I still thought you did a really, really great job. But I read something the other day. It This extends even far beyond quilting. There are so many skills and things you can learn because of YouTube, because we have access to this. But I would say YouTube, and I did actually read quilt blogs. I would read Moms. I have a quilt pattern I made full of log cabin blocks and I, and that is mom's blog post and, uh, Amy smart. I did her tree quilt and I just like went and I loved her visuals. She shared pictures of her progress. And I felt that the quilt blogs were very personal, like the YouTube videos are. And it kind of felt like somebody's there with you helping you. And I think that I needed that. But I think it's it's been super impactful. And I've heard other quilters on social media say, I learned on YouTube, you yeah. know, that it's it's all there. Every yeah. single thing you need, half square triangle, flying geese, it's there. And you look at the impact of, you know, Jenny Doan and Missouri Star. That's they were able to connect to so many people instantly yeah. because of YouTube. Yeah. I, I have one friend who I never thought would quilt and you you know I guess you know if you think of her she was she always worked she was always busy she never seemed like she would be the person that would have time to sew or quilt but she connected with Jenny Doan on those YouTubes and she taught herself to quilt by watching Jenny Doan videos and you know just she made that connection and just someone who you know you can think of a stereotype but this is a a a stereotypical person that you wouldn't consider quilting that started quilting because of YouTube yeah yeah for sure and then also with that prior to internet and online shopping obviously you you know mom you worked at a fabric store at one point in your life and that's prior to this, that's how you had to go get your fabric and purchase the patterns, correct? You had to go to a to a fabric store or go to a quilt quilt shop and actually go through and purchase. But now, obviously, we know the world's much different. We have online shopping and we have some major online shops such as Missouri Star, Fat Quarter Shop, you know, Primitive Gatherings, those types of online shops now. How much do you think those have helped the growth of quilting? Do you think it's like quilting has grown in in numbers because of these online shops or do you think it still stays pretty consistent? Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to purchase online. Yeah. I, I remember when I finally had you two and my oldest daughter, my oldest three children in school, I could take my youngest, and it was an hour to get to a quilt shop, but he was into Pokemon cards, so it would be like, okay, if you go to this quilt shop with me and you're really good, I will get you Pokemon cards on the way the home. Bribe. You know, so he has a lot of Pokemon cards. Cause, oh, my uh, God. I cannot wait to take that clip and send it to him. <laughs> so, yeah. So Billy's like, yes. He would consent to, you know, getting in the car seat for the hour long each way. But, but then when I started discovering oh i can just buy all of these things online i don't have to go anywhere yeah. then i didn't have to buy the pokemon cards anymore right i could suspend the full amount on fabric so <laughs> this is yeah. hilarious that's funny i i do have to say though the experience of going into a quilt shop is something i remember yeah even from even as a young child and yeah. so i do remember and have memories of going to the quilt store and i think because i felt like such a creative child it was like my dream i wasn't even interested in quilting but the fact that mom was there to look at specific things and she would let me go look yeah around and i just remember being so excited about it and then you did you took me to a quilt store to pick out quilt fabrics for a new quilt for my bed when we moved into the new house that's right and i feel terrible because i put up 10 7 to 10 of the brightest boldest purples <laughs> you could ever find and mom didn't even what i appreciate is she did not say ooh put that one back or ooh choose something else she just said okay and i still have that quilt and i love it yeah. and actually all of on my other my husband's side of the family we had a bunch of the kid a bunch of people over for easter and the kids all used that quilt. They all like sat on it on the grass oh, and good. ate their Easter candy and they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't sew with purple for a long time <laughs> after that quilt. I was purpled out. She, pur she painted my room purple. It <laughs> yeah. was crazy. Yeah. So then I, the last question, and we've sort of already answered it, but I'll maybe can expand on it a little bit. But do you believe it would be possible for someone now in the year 2023 to have no quilting background, no quilting skills at all, but for some reason, you know, find an interest in it, access tutorials, videos on the internet, blogs, purchase everything that they need online, and essentially become a proficient quilter on their own, all alone at home. 100%. 100%. Definitely. 1,000%. Yeah. You yeah. want to start now and you want to get on YouTube and start absolutely yeah there's so there's so much help out there from the, all of the in fact i'm actually i'm actually outlining a course right now that i'm gonna do a quilting course because that way you can not only access the tutorials and the videos but get you know individualized help yes from the instructor i am so excited about yeah. this for you i have been saying mom you got to do something like this yeah mom you're no, out here just... i'm outlining it as we speak so my daughter can take it definitely <laughs> i mean and i know though in the past you've also mentioned that there is definitely benefits still to do retreats or in-person classes that i mean oh, and we yeah. all you know we know that that after the country and world was shut down for a few years there 
there is benefit to being a, we, we learned we saw that that like okay we actually miss social interactions yeah. with yeah. people we, we need each other yeah we do need that but yeah it, at the same time it is possible you know if you're not in a place where anything's close or there's not other quilters around you it is yeah. possible to make a connection with other people online and and learn yeah yeah you know? definitely yeah, I, I mean, we just saw recently Marion and Val, who do a majority of our quilting. Oh, my goodness. Just got to go back to primitive gatherings, the gathering. Yeah, and they're out the, there enjoying the gathering. Yes. And I'm get, so happy for so them. So we were happy. It was fun to see their yeah. pictures on yeah, social Marianne media. Yeah, Marion had the best pictures. Yes. They're so cute. <laughs> I'm so but, glad that you guys got to go, if you're watching Marion and Val. But yeah, so much online, so much available. Awesome. Okay, well, now we'll do the next topic that I had originally put as first, but that was good. So, like I mentioned earlier, I was talking, I was thinking about technology. I was thinking about different ways <laughs> technology has helped improve a lot of different things um, that, that happen, you know, now in the world. But so I was curious about quilting, and I don't know anything about sewing machines and, and that, but, and you had mentioned it earlier, mom, about your first sewing machine. So, is has there been a big boost in technology in quilting maybe specifically in sewing machines long arm quilting machines um anything else maybe even you guys could talk about the software that you guys use to design your patterns um i'm i'm just sort of curious as is there have there been big technological advancements because quilting is a very hands-on i mean it, it was something that was done hundreds of years ago is done in ancient times like we learned about earlier technology is advanced is it still not as dependent on technology or has technology made an influence on quilting yeah so i guess Huge. there's a lot of aspects to this yeah it's it was a pretty uh, yeah. loaded question yeah so, i want to talk about the design portion of it okay but. yeah F first just on sewing machines you know honestly when i teach classes generally at least 25 percent of the women will be sewing on senior featherweights because those older machines are so good yeah uh, they ha have a beautiful stitch and for quilting you just need a good straight stitch and an accurate quarter inch seam allowance. So, you know, anywhere from 25%, sometimes more are using those older machines. You really don't need fancy stitches or technology as far as piecing the quilt, putting it together. But for long armors, it's a whole new ball game because, you know, they have digitized patterns. Oh, yeah. They have the ability to, you know, Marion can All go in there. Yeah, size it down, size it yeah. up nest the pieces you know the quilting design a different way so i would say for long arm quilters just absolutely huge what i think has really upped the quilting game and it's not really technology but it's just all the new notions yeah yeah the yeah. specialty rulers and tools that maybe technology allowed us to develop yeah. that you know my grandmother never had so I have notes on from my grandmother and she had little, you know, graph paper drawings, yeah. <laughs> you know, to show me a block or a placemat that she had done. And yeah, now we have all of these rulers that can just help us make those blocks accurately. And we have computer programs that grandma would be stunned <laughs> right now. Yeah. If she were here. I, I can't even imagine if my grandmother or her sisters 
had been able to use EQ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, how amazing yeah. would that have been for yeah. them? Super cool. Because the ideas were there and, and they often designed their own things. My, yeah. I, my great aunt Joanne and I made a quilt for my grandmother and my great aunt just designed it on graph paper and she was very creative. Like she, it would have been incredible for her to have EQ. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, you, you pop into EQ and it's all so fast. It's like, well, yeah. I want to do this block. I want to see what it looks like this size. I want to see what the layout's going to look like. Right. It's all instant. It's still a lot of work. Right. It's, it's a lot of work. But. It's, it's much easier to go edit, undo. Yes. And redo yeah. something thank you. Thank you. Then draw yeah. on graph paper yeah. and then have to restart from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, and have to get multiple pieces of graph paper and be like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're starting back at the top. Like, Yeah, and have the math done for you. I just, one of my new quilts that I'm going to be releasing this July, I had it all done and I thought, oh, this is this is going to be a fat eighth bundle quilt. But then, you know, I checked it oh, in yeah. EQ and, oh, no, this is fat quarter quilt. It's, it's not. <laughs> you know, so. And I didn't even know that feature. Mom's <laughs> like, well, have you checked your yardages on EQ? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm out here writing the math Doing out the math. And, and perfectly calculating how much I'll need. I will draw a fat quarter and just draw it in. And mom's like, it'll tell you. Yeah. Like, so I mean, I always check it myself too, I do too. and then so, I sew with what I yeah. have required on the pattern back, so that yeah. if I run out, then obviously I've got to change that before I publish it. Yeah, I'm so paranoid about it. Yeah, but and so I I kind of want to go into the design aspects okay. real quick though, because yeah. so after I started after we started designing for Moda, I I just. Uh, researched different de- design programs and and I felt like Illustrator was something I could really get on board with because I like to hand draw on my tablet. I can hand draw on, you know. And I remember having a conversation with Joanna Figueroa because when I had first learned how to design a repeat, I, I looked at all these different ways to do it. But uh, Illustrator has this feature that it it'll just create the repeat for me. I do all the drawings and then I have to move all the artwork around and make the repeat how I want it to look. And a repeat meaning like a seamless pattern. And I had a conversation with Joanna and we were talking about these programs because other newer designers, we were like, well, do you like this program? And do you like this program? And Joanna said, guys, back in the day, you would draw a perfect square And you would like draw your flower and then you would have to trace that and put it exactly over where the repeat would meet on the opposite side. Wow. And you had to have it all mapped out and stuff to make it a perfect by hand. Wow. You had to make it like this perfect repeat. And Joanna's like, I, that's, I did the drawing part of it as a repeat. And I thought, wow. Oh, wow. So much work. The computer, I can come up with repeats like this. (laughs) And so I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, and not that I would be opposed to doing that, but, you know, it was an interesting experience or having Kate Spain tell me, well, I do artwork and with painting and Deb Strain say, oh, I painted that. You know, I did that with ink and really incredible stuff. How much everything has changed so yeah so i have a a couple follow-up questions from everything you guys talked about the the first thing (laughs) going back to long arm quilting so obviously i know that the computers play a big role in that but so let's just say before that was 
involved in it before there was computers? Was it just free motion? Like the machine still existed, but uh, they, but you had to, what, what do you call it what about custom quilting? Like, yeah. is, well, there is kind of an intermediary and actually yeah. Vicki and Gail, who also have quilted and do quilt for us, mm-hmm. they use pantographs yes. and what it is, it's a, a quilting design drawn out on a piece of paper and mm-hmm. you have a laser that you can guide and follow, you follow the laser on the paper and it makes the machine quilt that on the fabric. Okay. So this is kind of, it's not computerized mm-hmm. because you're, you purchase yeah. these rolls with the pattern already drawn out and then you're just tracing it with a laser. So I see. it's kind of in between custom and yeah, computerized. Right okay. Yeah. So then, then let me ask you this. What then happened before, let, let's say back in the 60s or something, if someone piece to quilt together was how did you quilt that quilt well, or even or even earlier like in the, some of those 1930s quilts so you have. women i mean hand quilting but women have often used their home machines to yeah do quilting to do as quilting. well and and okay. that would be a historic you know history that you'd have to look into camille did as that far, yeah camille used to quilt all, all of, of her, her own, own quilts yeah yeah, and I was there one day, and she showed me how she yeah. did it, and you it's know, really cool. I, and I back in the day, I would ma- use my regular machine to do mostly either straight line or wavy, or what they call stitch in the ditch. Okay, yeah. those type of techniques are easy enough to do on your home machine. So even those older sewing machines that because didn't didn't be, you wouldn't plug them in, you'd have to step on it with the with your foot right like pedal it oh like that but that was a long time that was a very okay. long the, time ago. the singers that had chords those uh-huh. have been with us for uh, so over. before that then it had to be completely hand stitched or hand i mean yeah. treadle machines were back in the late in the 1800s <laughs> okay well, I mean, there were still, qu- I mean, we, still quilts back like, then. like, you got to pump it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, how, how did they make those quilts in the 1800s? I, I have, would not be quilting right now. If yeah. I <laughs> no, I have my great-grandmother's treadle machine, and she was born in 1899. Yeah, and so I've seen she, it out there, so that's why yeah, I figured so that was So she was using that in the 1900s. Yeah. But... So how'd she qu- quilt the quilts? But she wasn't really a quilter. Okay. It was for... Okay, so I'm, so I'm, I'm right gonna now. keep I'm gonna keep digging. I want to know how a quilt was quilted. Billy the historian, before, Primar- before primar- electricity, primarily by hand. <laughs> by hand, okay. By hand, okay. Yes, there was no type of machinery. Primarily that by with hand, that. not okay. not that I know of. I mean, I'm sure in the factories there were yeah probably products being sold like and, a big industrial yeah, level. I feel like I would need a degree in textiles to to mm-hmm. really dig deep into this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just primarily yeah, just, just by curious. hand. Okay, yeah. and that that makes sense. I was wondering if there was any type of machinery yeah. that that people used at home, but without electricity, it wouldn't yeah. make sense how yeah. you could. No, even my grandmother quilted all of her quilts by hand. She never mm-hmm. sent a quilt out to be machine quilted oh, okay. ever. So, and then what was what was uh, what is it that you use? I like I have a memory of that when I was a kid. You had the the things the in frame. Your, and you would yeah the frame yeah. and you put the quilt on is that quilting by hand or was that um like something t- else we, yeah you can you use it. that yeah, you can do that you can use it to quilt by hand or to tie or to tie or okay. to tie 
Okay. Yeah. So that's another way to do it, essentially. Yes. Man, okay. after this conversation, I am so glad for technology. Yeah. <laughs> well, and see, that's that's. What I am grateful because yeah. I am, man, that's crazy. That's sort of what I'm getting at is that, <laughs> you know, yeah, you can now just drop it off to a long arm quilter. Yeah. They yeah. put it on. They put the computer so convenient. on. Yeah. And boom, you got you have a finished quilt within the day, whereas yeah. before it might take you several days to tie yeah. a quilt, correct? Yeah. I mean, yesterday I dropped a wall hanging off to Vicky at, I don't know, noon. And, and it's done. By five o'clock, she was like, hey, you can come pick this up yeah. if you want, you know. It's awesome. Yeah. And that, that leads to the last question is, you know, do, do you feel like there's... I, a connection that might be lost a little bit by outsourcing some of those parts of the the quilt. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that I get to, that I have an, you know, amazing quilters that I can go drop it off to and that's their business. And it's like a separate thing. And, and, and I still get to talk to them about it and it's still, I still feel it's personal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have to say, I love, when I'm hand binding, looking, especially if I've ha- had custom quilting, looking at all the blocks as I go around the quilt and oh, seeing true. what has been done. So I feel like that's how I connect, yeah. you know, where maybe I've taken that to Val and she's done yeah. custom quilting. Or even if I have taken it to Marion and there's this amazing digital pattern that I'm looking yeah. at when I bind it, I feel like I get that connection at that point, you know, even though I've outsourced that, but I do like it. It it does give me a great sense of accomplishment when I do sometimes quilt something on my machine, a a pillow or something like that, or, you know, do the crosshatch quilting for a bag. It it, it really is a, a fun thing. The one thing on this, I just feel like we, Instagram is probably, you know, we did that survey Mm -hmm. and, what did it come out? Facebook was number one. Yeah. YouTube yeah. was number two. Instagram was number three. Blogs were like fourth, right? Yeah. But I, I just, Facebook was overwhelmingly number overwhelmingly, one. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. yeah. But I just feel like, you know, there's a lot that's lost on Instagram because it's a post. And even though there are comments, I just feel like you can show so much more on a blog than, yeah, you can. than you can see on your phone screen. You can explain so much more on a blog. Yeah. So I'm really grateful that there are a lot of quilting bloggers that never stopped, even though they're still on Instagram. They still keep that that conversation alive yeah. on their blogs, you know. So yeah. uh, And, you know, Joanna blogs regularly. Lisa Bongi yeah. blogs almost daily. Amy Smart continues to blog. And there are many, many, many others. But those are just three people that I know personally that have kept that alive yeah and also maintain their instagrams do you know who has the cutest blog and i just love her is brenda riddle oh yeah i love brenda yeah i think she's so sweet yeah and i've followed her for a long time yeah yeah that was interesting yeah that's like super interesting because when billy brought up technology i'm like technology (laughs) yeah he called me yesterday you know so yeah i just have to say in fact chelsea and i did a three-way phone interview yesterday for an interview that's coming out. And I told Lindsay McRae, who has a brand new fabric collection out right now with Moda also, 
uh, I told her that Billy comes up with a lot of the comments for our podcast, and yeah. she seemed really surprised yeah, yeah. by that. Yeah, or the topics. Yeah, that yeah. you come up with a lot of the, you know, topics that that then we can you know prepare the content, but. But yeah. she, and and we really appreciate that. And yeah. this was a this was an example of, of that. A, a great topic that you came up with. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Well, a lot of times it's just I'm like I wonder. You know, I just I, I, yeah. I started thinking about. I'm like, well, I know that this is how you guys do it. Now I'm pretty familiar with that. But yeah, I also know that it couldn't have always been like this because right. he lies it's, awake it's at different. night pondering yes. yeah. technology yeah. quilting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so our next podcast episode will air Monday, May 22nd, and we're just grateful for everyone for tuning in and listening in. We're excited for our giveaway winners as well. And, and remember to, uh, if you have questions for the one following yes. that, and then yes. also next episode, I'm just going to put this out there that Chelsea keeps saying she has something really special and I don't even know what it is yet. So it's for the next episode. Hey, you oh. guys, well, I am going to preface you're this. You're just going to tease it, right? You're I'm gonna... teasing this. I have the most fun. I see. I think that my ideas are so great. <laughs> this isn't even anything to do with quilting, but it's something oh. I'm doing. Is it a podcast topic or just no, like a portion of the podcast? It's, it's just a portion of the podcast. Okay. And my husband thinks I'm crazy because I'm I'm like oh I'm not this wearing is my greatest. pajamas on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> no it, I don't know why I'm so excited about this but I think it's hilarious I think people okay. are gonna find it so great right. Billy's so okay, worried well, right now His I'm, I'm just like, curious I'm intrigued yeah. so I will just let you guys know that the podcast for that's airing May 22nd I have some fun things that involve Billy for oh, that great. Okay. oh great okay <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun you guys it's gonna be really fun Okay, well, we really appreciate you being here with us once again, and thanks so much for stopping by. 